Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of All Please No Glory, the podcast. Um, today's a slightly different podcast in the fact it's just me and there is no guests. It's not a rant podcast, it's just a bit more of a self-discussion or a bit of a story, I guess. I'm talking about something that's quite prevalent in um, nearly all the sports that I uh, watch the most and certainly um, in rugby circles, um, concussion. Um, I'm not here to tell you about the medical side of concussion. I do not have that knowledge. I'm not a doctor. I, um, I'm i not here to lecture anyone about concussion. Um, I'm just simply here to tell my story and you can make of that what you will. Um, and if uh, there's lessons to be learned from it, then great. Um, so basically, the reason I'm doing this is um, that um, I follow Progressive Rugby on Twitter um, and I listen to a lot of their ideas and stuff. So I want to talk about some of their ideas um, as well at the end of this. But I do think it's important that people maybe hear real stories about concussion. So they maybe aren't as quick to tell progressive rugby they're just trying to ruin rugby when I don't think they actually are. I don't agree with all of their ideas, but some of them uh, I can see the point in. So um, first and foremost, um, I first got concussion well before I started playing rugby, in fact, I was quite young. My mum used to be an ice student in uh, Perth Ice Rink and used to sometimes go on ice um, and choose to uh, do bits and pieces with them. Um, and that was absolutely fine because ice gets sticky. Um, and if you're wearing normal street shoes, um, as long as you don't run on it or, or anything, you just walk, um, you can walk on ice pretty easily. However... There was one steward guy who, I can't remember who it was, was sort of spraying water um, and play uh, around my mum who was holding on to the barrier just to give her a bit of a fright and I went to see my mum fell and cracked my head off the ice. Um, that was the first time I ever had concussion or remember having a serious head injury. Um, I know that my dad dropped me out of my carry cot when I was very, very wee, a strap broke or something, and I fell on the f- fell on the floor when I was when I was just a ch- when I was just a, a baby. But um, the first time I remember hitting my head was was that I must have been about nine, I think, or ten at the time, um, and uh, I remember feeling like I wanted to sleep, but everyone was saying I couldn't sleep and and all this sort of stuff. So that was pretty traumatic for for a nine year old. Um, but um, that being said, uh, I was nine, um, it just hurt like hell, and I presume that I was probably more traumatic because it just hurt like hell. Um, latterly, I, I started playing rugby at high school. Um, I had always played ice hockey from age of five, and I was a goalie, and I'd take shots to the head um, quite a lot. But your helmet's pretty protective, and to be honest, at the age we were, the shots probably weren't having enough impact to, to create the mayhem. They were also hitting you directly in the sort of the cage, uh, so the face area of the helmet or on just on the top if you ever got hit. Um, and they weren't rattling your head about. So I, whilst I think they have some effect on you, I don't think being hit in the head um, by a sh- like a wrist shot um, at sort of under 16s or something is likely to cause a massive amount of issue. Um I, as I say, I started playing rugby in first year of high school and I was playing rugby and ice hockey together. Um, you wouldn't think of it now that I was such an athlete when I was younger um, in terms of the amount of sports I played, but um, I uh, played both at that time. And um, I remember, I think the first time I ever remember spe- experiencing something that I 
was positive was a concussion. Um, was I was playing um in an under sixteens game of rugby and I remember feeling like someone had switched the lights off when I when I made a tackle, um and um everything went to kind of black and then white again with my eyes closed. Um, I don't know about other guys that play rugby, but I tend to view that when you make the point of impact when you're tackling, that sometimes you close your eyes, um, which is maybe a weird thing to do, <laughs> but uh, especially if you're tackling legs or whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I, I remember it sort of being like the lights had been switched on and off again very quickly, and there was like a white light with even my eyes closed, and it was a really weird sensation. Um, and in those days... There wasn't really any chat of concussion when we played rugby. Um, I mean, I, when I was sixteen, it would have been what two thousand, the two two thousands, and um, the there wasn't a lot of chat of concussions. There wasn't a lot of you know discussion about it, if in doubt sit them out or any of that stuff. Um, so I didn't even ask anyone about that. Um, nor did um, I even consider that I was injured. I just played on in that game. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't really, really remember any ill effect of, of doing that. Um, I don't remember having any issues sleeping or, or anything like that. Needless to say, in my junior career, that happened maybe two, maybe a couple of times. And then when I was 18 or 17, sorry, uh, I stopped playing rugby because I, funnily enough, a weird, weird time to get injured, especially for my size and girth, um, was playing sevens. And I ran into a ruck. A ruck, yeah, it was a ruck. And um, I got my back all hump it, as people would say. And uh, I felt a crunchy thing. And that was okay um, at the time. Again, kept playing on. Didn't think much of being injured. Just thought it was a bit of a stinger. It was a bit sore, a bit like, ouch. Um, and uh, then the next thing I knew, I was um, getting up the next morning for school. And... Um, sat up and actually screamed. Uh, the pain was so intense in my back. You know, obviously I said I was talking about concussions as a different thing. Uh, went for scans and stuff. And, um, I transpired a fractured vertebrae in my back um, and the sort of spongy stuff between had been like a sort of squished jam piece and sort of come out a little bit. Pretty gruesome. Um, did say it was suggested I shouldn't play anymore, um. So I decided to give up. I was going to uni. Um, at that time I had stopped playing ice hockey because I was concentrating on my hires, and I thought when I went back to uni I'd go back to playing ice hockey because I knew how to protect myself a bit more on ice hockey. Um, I'd skated my whole life, so I thought, well, that'd be a bit more protection. Um, so there was a few years where I just played ice hockey. Uh, probably about 10, 11 years where I just played ice hockey, and um, I enjoyed that. Um, and when I went back, I went back to playing outfield, so I wasn't playing in goals anymore. And um, I remember getting a concussion uh, playing ice hockey, and it was the weirdest feeling ever because it was fairly innocuous, um, and it was uh, going along the boards, um uh, doing a drill where we were to like take checks so we got used to taking contact and I caught an edge as I was getting checked and the player who was checking me didn't do anything wrong uh, but my head kind of got between him and the board as he sort of drove into the board 
Um, luckily, we were told not to kill each other, or I think he would have properly, <laughs> properly damaged me. And again, I had that feeling where like the lights were switched off and on very, very quickly um, as, as I'd done it. And I got up and I sort of shoot myself off, felt a bit wobbly. And it was the first time my legs had felt anything weird um, after being hit in the head, where I felt a little bit less coordinated than normal and a little bit all over the place. Um, and that was a really weird feeling for me. But again, we're talking 2000 and, you know, two somewhere between 2003 and 2006 at this point. I can't really remember because um, I played junior hockey for so long. Uh, and I just, again, just thought, oh, get on with it. Um, and there wasn't, again, all the chats, if in doubt, sitting them out or any of that sort of stuff. Concussion, again, wasn't prevalent. It wasn't really thought about. Um, people just got on with it. And that's okay. That's not a reflection on anyone saying that anyone's done anything wrong. But it's a... Um, it's a fact of where we were at that time. Um, so that was a few that I experienced. Um, and as I say, maybe these things weren't taken seriously. We used to laugh at people who got sparkled and were wobbling about and, you know, and those sorts of things. I mean, ice hockey at the time, at one point, uh, I remember a referee colleague of mine um, a few years ago at ice hockey talking about how hits in the head used to be legal, particularly in the NHL. And uh, there was a, a NHL game, a classic one of the early knots, where someone got hit in the head. And it was, um, that's a great hit in the head there by that player. <laughs> you check to the head. Um, now, check to the heads are now illegal. You can't target someone's head in a check. Um, and, and much the way that is in rugby, there's mitigation to that. So someone ducks their head as you're going to check them. Um, uh you get you know you don't necessarily get penalized for it and that's fair enough but it is outlawed and the players are told to go shoulder to shoulder or shoulder to chest um or hip to uh hip to hip um when um putting in body checks so that's again more prevalent and in ice hockey again um the coaching courses now include bits on injury and concussion and, and recovery but the um the fact of the matter remains is that I don't think everybody has quite got it yet. And at the amateur level of hockey and rugby, it's quite difficult. That's where I think this story comes from and where I found myself in trouble from uh, injuries and, and head knocks. Because I don't really remember getting any more concussions at ice hockey. Now, that's not to say that I didn't. Um, and I don't really remember getting any more head injuries at ice hockey. Um, I do remember possibly causing someone to get a severe head injury at ice hockey. Um, when I played ice hockey, I, I probably played, I was more physical than I was even when I played rugby, um, when we played checking. And I remember hitting a player, uh, a body check, it wasn't anything illegal. Um, and that player, I hit him with force into the barrier to you know get a hold of the puck. Um, that player lost his helmet, um, and then um, he uh, slid down the barrier, and he was he looked wobbly for the rest of the game, but he continued to play again. This would have been two thousand five, I think. Um, and that uh, particular player then um, went across the bar. We used to always get to go across the bar or across the road after hockey because it was open, and we'd play a little bit earlier. Um, there was less strain on Murrayfield then for ice time, so it was easy to get good dice 
Um, I think it was at six o'clock. He went to the bar, and the kid um, ended up buying himself a full half bottle of whiskey because uh, that was the only thing he he could get on card. Because the card back then you had to uh, you had to spend like fifty quid or something to use your card in the bar. Um, and uh, the story goes that he uh, he actually uh, soiled himself on the way home, but I don't know if that was just made up um, folklore or whatnot, but. I remember that guy looking like he had eyes like two pee holes in the snow. Um, and I, I think back on that and think, goodness, he really shouldn't have been playing um, after that check. He, he shouldn't have got back up. He shouldn't have, like, he should have stayed down. He should have went off. Um, and he should have taken it easy. And he certainly shouldn't have been drinking um, after that because it was, you know, going to make him ill. So, um, yeah, that was that was pretty brutal. And it was... It was in hindsight at the time it was funny because I hit someone so hard and all this sort of stuff and you know with the the story about him supposedly um soiling himself and all this stuff on the way home you're like oh I made someone poop themselves and all this sort of stuff ha 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 um I was a young man back then it's it's sad to think that um but essentially uh this kid um had hurt himself pretty badly in in hindsight and knowing what we know now. Um, I wish that he had have stopped playing. I don't think I did anything wrong in the game because it was either that or he had a clean chance on goal. So um, that was a clean body check um, within the rules of hockey. But equally, I wish that he had have went off and that game had been stopped to let him get off. Um, and I hope that he's got a little health from it now. Um, I presume not. He looked like a young, fit guy and he's probably just had a bad day. Um, in terms of the uh, me um, having more, you know, in my head injury repertoire, back in 2014, I decided to take a step back from ice hockey. By that point, I hadn't been really playing as much, and I had been coaching um, the Eagles uh, University team um, and Edinburgh Phoenix. I'm not going to go into this and go over old wounds because it hurts me, but... Um, Basically, Scottish hockey had changed some rules and it made it difficult for the Eagles to survive that season financially, the last season I coached, um, because they changed some registration rules and stuff. Um, and uh, so I managed to hold the team together in terms of finding ways to, to make sure that they were able to go and fulfil their fixtures and stuff. And the team responded by playing really, really well. Um and uh, but whilst it was rewarding and I loved that group of guys um, that I coached and girls it was exhausting and so come the end of that season I'd decided that I wanted to move on and I wanted to let someone else take over hockey as it transpires I'm back at it now so I left them after that year and decided that I wanted, I wanted to go back to rugby so I wanted to see if I could do it again because I missed it. I missed, funnily enough, I missed the contact. I missed the aggro, the, that feeling. I don't know, there's, I'll get to that in a bit more, but I missed it. So I tweeted Forrester Rugby Club on, on Twitter and asked them if I could get back involved and they said yes and it was all good. Um, and they were very welcoming and actually... I will give them the, the due when I went back in 2014 to play. Um, 
Foresters were very, very good at if like if you sort of pulled up at training or something like that and you were trying to continue, they would be like, No, don't be stupid, like go and get that scene to or whatever. So I like had a lot of hamstring problems and it well, not a lot of hamstring, but I'd have hamstring problems and stuff like that. And um they would, you know, if I pulled up it'd be like, Don't be stupid, go and get that scene to so that was quite switched on for me because I always thought of rugby as this thing where, you know, like the the Black Knight and Monty Python's, you know, um, that's got his arm cut off and it's it's just a flesh wound. Um, but for a rugby club that was, it was sort of progressive in a sense that like, look, don't make yourself more hurt um, because all that's going to happen is you're going to be out for longer. And I think that's a really good attitude and fresh attitude to adopt um, from them. So um, the... Basically, the situation was with them was um, I played some games um, and then after maybe three years, I started to experience sort of that I, I thought I was having more migraines than normal. Now, my mum suffers from migraines and uh, I thought it's a hereditary thing. So I went to the doctor and they got me a brain scan and then I was told that my brain had shrunk um, and then another doctor told me that it was likely that was just the size of my brain in the first place. Because um, apparently boxers' brains shrink sometimes. Um, it's like a protection me- mechanism for the brain. I, I, again, I'm not a doctor, but that was kind of what I was explained to me, like a boxer's brain can shrink from repeated punches to the head. Um, so I decided I was going to take a step back from it um, and not play so much. And at that time, by that by this point, it would have been about 2017, 18, and I, I started the uh, the Caledonia Steel Queens Ice Hockey Club, um, the first of its kind in Scotland, a university club for women. Um, now we're progressing and that's a different story for a different day. But so I was, my time was so spread thin anyway um, that I thought oh, maybe, maybe I should step back from it. And I told the guys I wasn't going back. And then I was there... Still, kind of had a thirst for it, uh, and uh, I was at a sevens tournament, and I had my kit on because I was I'd been asked sorry to play for the Rubies, I think it was, and it was a game against them. I, I, I'll maybe get this wrong. Is it the clan? And that clan's an inclusive team, so they have players who um, with with uh, different ailments and, and and Down syndrome and things playing for them. And they wear red scrum caps, so the rule is that instead of, you know, like it's sort of a bit more half scrag, half full contact. So you get tackled by the, you know, the full players, the players who, that was the wrong terminology, I don't mean it like that, but the players who aren't wearing the red scrum caps, um, you have to fully tackle and they have to fully tackle you. And the players who are wearing red scrum caps, they're sort of a scrag. If they grab a hold of you, you you put the ball down like you know you tackle or you pass or whatever and the same with them you sort of just got a hold of them um and it was a good fun game and I quite enjoyed the little bits of contact I had in that with the you know with the different players um so that was that was all good um and I thought well maybe I could do this a bit more so I started to get called up into the seconds I wasn't training but I was playing a bit of seconds rugby um just SOS and, and all that sort of stuff and that was fine. Um, I was playing maybe two or three games I played. Um, 
I was maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe getting 10 minutes of time or 15 minutes of time. Um, if I was going and um, I was something I was quite happy to just be there um, with my kit on in case they needed anyone. Um, and then um, into the summer of 2021 and obviously after COVID where we had been away from rugby for a wee while, uh, there was the chance to come back um, and play a little bit more and there was a rubies game which is over 35s. Um, and that was the first time I thought, well, maybe I could get back into doing this. So I went to the Rubies game. It was quite a funny game. We were all playing in dresses in Brecon. It was a charity game. Uh, and I didn't have a clue who half the people on my team were. Um, and it was just <laughs> just carnage. Um, that game was pretty good because the rucks weren't really rucks. It was just people falling all over the place. And, you know, it was a bit of a shambles, but it was great fun. Um and there were some good tackles and stuff like that in that game that were all like quite classic tackles. Um, but then from there, um, I played at the Edinburgh, uh, Edinburgh City Sevens as a tens team over 35s. That was really physical. You know, bumped off by players like Graham Beveridge and stuff that played for Scotland. And then, then I went and played a, uh, a seconds game. And this is where I realised that how bad concussion can actually be for a person. So um, that that second 15 game I uh, played was for Foresters against um, Kerstorfen Cougars, I want to say. The game was played in November 2021. And um, I turned up there, I thought it was going to be on the bench. And as sometimes happens with second 15 rugby, as it turned up, I wasn't on the bench because somebody had pulled off, they got called into work or whatever, and that's that's pretty normal for second 15 rugby. Um, so I was to start at second row, which was fine and not fine because I was getting more and more out of shape at that point. So a full game of rugby was probably not a bad thing for, for me. Um, and it was in that game that... Uh, I I took a knee in the head. Um and I'd taken knees in the head before. And I know I had. But this felt I, I felt it and I was like, right, no what I know, because I'd stepped back from rugby and thought that I'd had this shrunken brain and everything. I need to come off. So I went over and I, I didn't say what it was, I just said, Is there any subs? Um no, there's no subs that can come on for you. Now, that wasn't really anyone from Forrester's fault because I didn't tell them why I wanted to come off. Um, I guess I didn't want them to worry if they didn't have any subs. and I didn't want them to go with 14, even though it was second 15 rugby. And a lot of people say you're an idiot. Um, so I played on for 80. Um, to be honest, I don't remember getting hit in the head again. So that was that was what happened. Now, the next day, well, later that day, I felt like I'd had a migraine. Um, and I thought it was maybe just because I'd played 80 minutes not expecting it, um, that I'd have lack of fluids. So I was drinking water and stuff. I wasn't, I didn't go for beers or anything like that because I'd stuff to do that day afterwards. Um, and then that those migraines got worse. I had days where I was having to not going to work, um, 
first thing in the morning because I'd wake up and my head would be um, like really, really just like to the point that you couldn't move because of how sore your head was. And it was a horrible, horrible sensation. So I um, thought, I thought a bit more on it and I was like, it must be from that head knock. It must be from that hit in the head. And I decided then that it was the time to say, look, I can't play contact rugby anymore because um, it's it, it, it's so bad. Um, now, I uh, in January 2022 and even into February and, and beyond, um, I still get these, these migraines that are stifling. My coordination's not as good when I'm walking. Um, it's not like just some days I, I feel like I'm diz not dizzy. It's just like my legs don't work the way I want them to. Now my legs are like I've got bad knees, like bad legs from years of skating and from playing rugby and getting legs twisted and all this sort of stuff. But um, and from being really overweight um, and <laughs> walking with that overweight uh, on those legs, but. Um, this is a different thing. This isn't like, ouch, I can't bend my knee because it's really sore. This is like, why am I walking slightly squint? And it only happens for a few seconds and then it goes away. But those few seconds are kind of terrifying. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going back to contact rugby. However, I guess part of that's not just because of that stuff. And that's where the scariness comes in. And I think that's where the point that progressive rugby um, are trying to maybe make in some regrets, in some respects about players is I got married um, July 2022. Um, I was planning, we obviously were getting ready for our wedding um, in January, February 2022 and, and slightly before that. I don't know if I wasn't getting married if I would not have went back to rugby. Um, I still get a f buzz to go back to rugby, to want to go and play a game with the, the you know, uh, being honest with you, even with the rubies over 35s, they still hit bloody hard. Um, so I, I still think I would go back if I wasn't married now and didn't have my wife to think about and um, wasn't planning on our wedding and looking forward to our honeymoon and all this sort of stuff. This isn't me just glowing because I got married, by the way, but... I genuinely don't know if I didn't have those things if I wouldn't go back now and risk my health further um, for it because I love it. Um, and that's, I think, the thing that people need to realise. And I think progressive rugby probably doesn't realise that, is that players love it. And it's, a, it's like some kind of weird adrenaline rush and it shouldn't be fun to play rugby. It, it shouldn't be fun. Like it's it's painful. It's attritional. It's aggro, and it's sore. And really, people shouldn't want to do it. <laughs> like when you think about it, you wouldn't um, want to get in. You don't intentionally want to get into an overcrowded train, um, because uh, uh, that's going a hundred miles an hour because you get bashed about. You don't want to play rugby because you get bashed about. It feels like you've been hit by a truck sometimes after games. 
Um, but that's the scary thing is that I would go back to that. I would go back for all of that um, if I didn't have like a, you know, if I hadn't had all these things, I would have probably been back in January time um, playing again and maybe bash my head again and who knows what. Um, and I know that it's hurting. Now, I've some of the things that have been happening to me, and I'm not saying that these are all related to COVID, but obviously I've had these periods of being un, sort of coordinated. I've had periods of um, severe migraines. Um, and I also get these... Um, I've had these things for a while called they're called myoclonic jerks, which it kind of looks like someone sort of zapped me with electricity. Um, now those those have been happening pretty much as long as I can remember, but more recently they're happening in less triggered situations. It used to be a bit more like I was really stressed or I was a bit cold or whatever, but now it's like there sometimes are just happening and it's quite difficult. So yeah, um, that that it's upsetting to talk about this stuff because I do miss rugby and I, I love rugby. I mean, I, I love watching it, but there's things that are more important than it and, and players need to be protected from themselves. And I know that you're going to get, what's his name, Beardmore or whatever his name is, if he listens to this, I doubt he ever will, but cracking on about how you've got to make that choice for yourself. That's all fine saying that. Um, but some of these young guys are going to not make that choice, are going to make the choice to keep going. And some of these young guys are going to get seriously hurt because of it. Or their families are going to get seriously hurt because of it. Because my mood swings are pretty bad um, sometimes because of, I'm not saying it's just fully because of that, maybe I'm just a grumpy git. But my mood swings were bad at the time after that and it, it was hard to to deal with that. So I guess what I'm saying is that the idea that people are trying to talk about and trying to drum sense into people is not a bad thing um, from my perspective. Now, I'm, again, I'm, it's up to you what you do uh, and how you deal with it, but my view is that now I know what I could have lost, I'm glad that I had something to stop me going back because I don't want to lose anything. Progressive Rugby, I didn't try and invite them on here and I'm hoping that we'll still get them on. Um, we can talk about about some of the rule changes, but um, there's a few things I, I wanted to say. Is like I never got a concussion, um, and I I remember not specific incidents, but I remember having concussions in rugby or having feeling a hit to the head. I've never had anything from a high tackle that's felt like I have making a tackle, and I think that's where. In a way, um, I think that the tackle technique should be the thing that we're focusing on because I I have basically damaged my head from tackling. And to be honest, I wasn't the greatest at tackling. But most of my head knocks are from tackling. Then rocks. Um, but n nothing really from a high tackle, like a high tackle normally has clipped me or whatever. Now, I'm not saying that the high some of the high tackles we've seen have been ridiculous. Um, and yes, um, high tackles need to be outlawed. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. But my most difficult injuries have been from getting kneed in the head. So 
I think that's tackle technique is really important and I think it should be one of the things that's focused on throughout junior rugby. Um, they've talked about the jackal um, and I just want to make, this is a pose where I'll verge into ranty territory and maybe um, listener slash podcast guest Chris Veal will quite enjoy. Um, my problem with the jackal is not actually the jackal itself and I do think that maybe banning the jackal is going to make it so much easier for um, you know for attacking teams. However, there's two things that are wrong with the jackal in rugby. One, it's now done as a means to get a penalty. Uh, absolutely done as a means to get a penalty. Um, the second one is um, that jacklers are off their feet half the time. Um, they're reaching and what they're hoping is if you watch, a lot of the time it's when they get hit that they'll come backwards with the ball. Um, so they're not on their feet. So actually they, they, they mentioned stepping over. I think, you know, if a as if a tackled player presents the ball properly, a jackler shouldn't be able to lift the ball by jackling. Um, because a jackler can only really stay on their feet if the ball's almost directly beneath them, not if the ball's about, you know, half a metre or so in front of them because then they're leaning over the player to try and pick this ball up. And if you watch it, half the time they put their hands on the ball and if they do actually lift it up and turn it over as opposed to getting a penalty, then what happens is they get, they get it's the force of getting pushed back that takes them back. Um, so that's the things that the jacklers are doing because the jacklers pull it into the body to get a penalty. Uh, I know because actually that incidentally that last game in November... I got jackled and I was trying my best to let the guy have the ball because of where it was in the field. I didn't want a penalty against us. And the referee gave a penalty against me. And I actually said to the referee, I was like, did you see where my hands were? And he went, yeah, they were up above your head. And I was like, so how were they, How was I holding on? And he said, I don't know, but the player couldn't pick the ball up. <laughs> the player couldn't pick the ball up because he was deliberately pulling it into me. Um, so... That's that's two of the things that the jacklers are jack. It needs to change about jackling. It needs to be a straight lift of the ball, um, and if the ball is presented properly, the jackler shouldn't be able to do it. The other thing that they need to do to protect jacklers is stop attacking tackler players rolling. Um, now Jamie Ritchie was pinged for that against Argentina, and folk were kicking off saying he was really stupid for doing it. Um, it was a bit daft by Jamie Ritchie for rolling like he did, but. I then went to Edinburgh Munster and a player rolled like three times. Um, and then the referee gave a player against Edinburgh a penalty against Edinburgh for a player being off their feet. A player doesn't need to roll that many times. A player might bounce and roll once. But a player's not going to roll three times after being tackled. That is a player rolling. So that needs to be picked up by referees. And if referees start pinging people for rolling, they'll stop rolling. And then it'll be much safer. The rucks will be much safer. It's all the farting about in rucks with players trying to get a little bit of an advantage to stop the defender getting the ball. That is the reason that this is happening. So that's my take on it. Um, and you can make of that what you will. But uh, that's what I feel about Jacqueline. Um, anyway, I've rabbled rabbit on enough. Um, before I go and. Um, You've heard my concussion story and then how it makes me feel and it makes me feel really low um, to know that I can't play or I'm not going to play rugby but also I know that I've got a reason for not doing that so that validates it and makes me feel a lot better. I know that you guys 
um, are probably fed up with hearing me say uh, this so and talk about concussion. Um, I just want to finish up with to thank a lot of you guys um, for listening. Um, my last rugby podcast with Chris Veal um, and a uh, Madden, um, excellent. It was really it did really well. There was over six hundred listens, which is the most I've ever had. Yeah, I want to th- big shout out to my listeners in El Salvador. I never realised I had listeners there or had that reach. So big shout out to the listener in El Salvador who's listened to two or three times. Um, thanks, guys. I'm hoping to have one more, one or two more podcasts before Christmas. Um, then I'm going to my honeymoon, so there'll be more in January. Um, but thank you so much for all for listening all the time. If you have any comments on this, um, I'm not going to do it like a Brookside episode where we've been affected by the topics discussed in this podcast. And please send us a tweet. Tell me if tell me if you think I'm an idiot. I don't care, but. I think that players do need some help from themselves in this because I know I did. I know if I didn't have motivation to to protect my health, then I wouldn't have done it. Um, so, yeah, uh, get in touch. Um, if not, I'll speak to you next time. Cheers.